Just want to be up front. There are a few swear words in here. So if you got some kids listening, listener discretion is advised. Across the Field Podcast is brought to you by Stoller Shine Detailing, TNT Springer Landscaping, Sin Rock Engraving, Sisters Embroidery and More, Antoine Automotive, Pucker Brush Pizza, The Vaughn Co., and Tenora Rams Live. another episode of across the field double b and corbin coming at you again corbin hit me with that one-liner well brett i'm a hundred dollars richer thanks to the ohio state buckeye basketball program and the uh ability to not win basketball games at all home away doesn't matter hundred dollars richer put a hundred bucks on him huh hundred dollars it was a, it was a lock i don't know how vegas makes money with lines like that <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I only put ten dollars on them. Well, I sent that to the group earlier in the day about uh, getting some money. I see. I didn't have any money in my DraftKings account after the whole, uh, you know, bowl season. But uh, I just I thought that was a lock. And worst case scenario, you know, I'll donate a hundred dollars if Hitman Ohio State, um, you know, maybe knocking off a top top twelve team. But uh, I felt pretty comfortable from the tip. And when they start fading there in the first half, I knew it was the same old song and dance, just like Aerosmith said. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll start right there if you want to. <laughs> Buckeyes lose at home to Illinois, 87-75. Did you watch this game? I did. You know, I mean, in reality, it was the, it was the exact same, same story. You know, first, first half, they came out. You know, guns a blazing. They could make shots. I really liked. I sent this, told this to you guys. I really liked how it was officiated. I think there was one foul in the first eight minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that that made it more tolerable to watch with the game flow. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Buckeye. It was back and forth until about the I don't know six minute mark, five minute mark, and then Illinois slowly started creeping away. I think they got up by seven or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it went just about exactly how Ohio state basketball games go. Yep. It was par for the course. <laughs> I mean, you know, you just look through the stats column and, and again, it's almost like a broken record. They hit their free throws. They're that, that's where they score the majority of their points. Um, you know, it seems like it's at the free throw line last night. They didn't shoot a whole lot, but then you look at, you know, three point percentage four out of 12. You know, they did shoot better from the field, but geez Louise, you know, you're making it four out of 12. I mean, again, I go back. That's some Mac numbers. Uh, they're not worth the hill of beans. Not worth the hill of beans. <laughs> Can't wait for Colin White to get down there and help him out. Yeah, that was a pretty good interview that you guys uh, had there last episode, Brett. So kudos to you. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. He made it pretty easy. But he's a very well-spoken kid. That's good because he's going to have a lot of explaining to do when he gets to Columbus if this keeps up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're rooting for him. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, that'll be. Uh, but again, 
Same old song and dance. I, I do think, though, for Ohio State to, be, to get back to the, the Buckeyes, I mean, I think there are a couple of winnable games left. Um, I, I just I, – I don't know where they're going to come. I think they could beat Indiana at home. Um, I think that maybe they could get Minnesota. Minnesota, I mean, they're just not very good. So maybe they could get Minnesota, um, but that's a road game. They get Michigan at home. Um, so, I mean, that there are a couple, but, you know, when you, when you only have a couple and you're only at 13, that, that 24 looks like Mars to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Um, holy smoke. But at least we're out of January. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, uh, you know, and I, I thought with, with the line last night that maybe last night was the time that Chris Holtman gets everybody to – you know, start believing again, but nope, nope. It's still, uh, still fire Holtman time around here. I mean, but $14 million buyout signed through 28. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's something. Uh, I don't think we're going to figure it out this week. No one, one bit of side note coaching wise though. Um, you know, with the Ohio state ties, uh, Alex Grinch, um, off the market. I know how much uh, he's beloved as a defensive coach. Where's he heading? Wisconsin. To do what? Coach the, uh, the <laughs> Pop Warner team or what? <laughs> well, uh, I believe he's going to be the defensive backs coach um, okay. at, uh, at Wisconsin. Well, at least he can't screw anything up there. Yeah, yeah. Or not, not too much. And I did also see that uh, Jeff Halfley is uh, headed to the Green Bay Packers. Really? Yeah, that's just that's just within the last hour. I'll be darned. So he's going to Green Bay to be the defensive coordinator of the Packers. So, you know, I, I guess if we're trying to find some positives, I think we're both in agreement that we're we're Jeff Halfley fans. So that's good. Yeah, that is good. And it's good news for Ohio State that Alex Grinch is going to go coach defense in the Big Ten somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. He'll probably teach those guys to just fall down while they're covering somebody. <laughs> All right. Back to Buckeye Hoops real quick. Back in action Friday night, 7 o'clock at Iowa. What do you think about that? Uh, I always think that uh, Iowa's about as tough to play at in February and January as it is to play in October and November. You know, for whatever reason, that's always a tough place to play. Obviously, Big Ten on the road's tough place to play. I assume I was at least seven points, six or seven points favored. Um, so I mean I'm not I'm not getting my hopes up. Yeah. Well let's just stay there with some college basketball or the college news, I guess. And now, Russell brought this up last week. He was he was watching Kentucky and South Carolina got a win. They get another win. Upset number five Tennessee, sixty three fifty nine. Yeah, I saw that. And incredibly, uh, I think I saw on the bottom line because they showed that highlight during Ohio State's game or or right afterwards. South Carolina's like eighteen and three, and they're still not ranked. Yeah. I mean, I. I I would hope to think that they're ranked after this week, after that win. But I mean, I, I, 
college bat there are not a lot of dominant college basketball teams and for for south carolina to be you know 18 was it 18 and 3 now is that right yeah 18 yeah. and 3 for them to be 18 and 3 and not be ranked and not to mention they have a win over tennessee and then earlier in the year they beat kentucky i mean what i i guess what's it take to be ranked in a in a basketball league where you know, there's not a whole lot of dominance. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I don't know. That's pretty mind-boggling to me. But Russell went off last week about Michi Johnson. Played 30 minutes, was one of eight from the field, one of five from the three-point line, ended up with three points. Uh, Russell's not here to defend himself, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say, hey, at least they won the game. <laughs> I can just, for whatever reason, I can hear Russell in my head saying, did they win the game? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so that's so, yeah. me, uh, that's me uh, backing you up, Russell. As long as you win the game, I care less what the numbers are. Maybe he played just, <laughs> he played just good enough defense to, to help get the win. Didn't need to score. Didn't need to score. Well, Corbin, let's take a look at the college slate on Saturday because it's a dandy. Um, I don't know if you're doing any gambling, but <laughs> <laughs> let's take a look at it anyway. Uh, just talking, I mean, the slate is awesome from noon till the end of the day. Um, just speaking on the rank versus ranks, number four, Houston going to number eight, Kansas. You've got number seven, Duke at number three, North Carolina. Number 12, Iowa State, and number 18, Baylor. And then number five, Tennessee, at number 10, Kentucky. Mm. I think that Baylor-Iowa State game could be the best. I mean, obviously, you've got, you know, the Blue Bloods with North Carolina and Duke. um, But but Iowa State-Baylor, very interesting. Absolutely. Big 12 basketball is a little different. Just means more. Yeah, see, see. But yeah, so good slate of games on Saturday. Um, I mean, it starts with, at noon with UConn and St. John's on the road at St. John's. I mean, that's not going to be easy. Uh, they're thirteen and seven. So, I mean, just a, just a huge slate for the weekend. I can't wait to watch some of these games. I Tell you what, I've been slacking on the college basketball, but I might dive into this Saturday. Yeah, that, uh, there's a lot there to keep you busy. And just as we get into February, um, you know, obviously we're recording on the last day of January. Who is the best team in college basketball that you think? Who do you think is the best team in college basketball? Ooh. Man, it's so hard because any given night, I mean – Somebody looks way better than somebody else. I mean, I think the safe bet is UConn, like if I had to pick right now. But, again, I've watched um, Duke in person. I've watched North Carolina a couple times. Wouldn't be shocked if at the end of the year it's either one of those two either. You know, I, I like Purdue a lot. I was looking at the metrics, though, just so so anytime I gamble, I, I, I've got a couple of go-to websites. And obviously, you know, as much as I thought Illinois minus three last night was a lock, I still wanted to go check things out. I think that Houston might play some of the best defense. And I know 
I, I get, you know, their opponents, but I think that Houston might play some of the best defense in the country, if not they, the best defense. They do. They do. They, I, I, I saw them earlier this year. I can't remember who it was. Might have been Iowa State a few weeks ago. I, I don't know. Don't remember. But, yeah, they do. They, they play pretty good defense. Um, I think when they played Iowa State, they did lose that game, though. But, um, yeah, their defense – I mean, uh, let me look back here. Yeah, Iowa State beat them that night, 57-53. So, at, I mean, at Iowa State, though, right? At Iowa State, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, to lock somebody down, I mean, yeah. They're only – I mean, you look at their points given up. I don't know what the average is, but just looking at January, I mean, all in the 50s, it seems like. Right. Yeah, and I think yeah. – um, I, I think the – tougher part of their big 12 schedule comes at the second part of the season so through february um i mean they get you know kansas they got to go to cincinnati and you know, obviously cincinnati's not you know at the top but they're still a good club they got to go to baylor um so we'll see where they're at because starting with this kansas game on saturday then they'll finish with kansas uh we'll see how good the defense is but right now i think like i said i think they play the best defense in the country yep can't disagree with you there. So uh, that's all I got for men's college hoops. You got anything to add on that? No. Okay. Let's get into the Lady Buckeyes. And they haven't played since Sunday. We told you they knocked off Purdue uh, on the episode the other night. So they've got uh, Wisconsin Thursday evening at home, uh, 6 o'clock Big Ten Network. And then they play Sunday, noon, number 10, Indiana comes in to the shot on FS1. You going to be locked into those? I am. Uh, I'd be lying if I told you I was going to watch them. <laughs> I mean, again, you know, I... You're, I, I, you're, you're lost. I, <laughs> I root for them. You know, I, I want them to, you know, go represent the university well. I don't have any ill will against them, but it's just... You know, not not quite my cup of tea, but uh, you know, yeah, go go defend uh, go defend the home court. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. So I'll be tuned into those games. That's about all I got there. Hopefully, Cody McMahon, JC Sheldon, keep shit rolling. So <laughs> that's about all I got with the college basketball, Corbin. If you got anything to add, uh, no, starting to get closer to that time of year where it's make or break time, and you know, obviously, our beloved Buckeyes have done broke down. But uh, still a lot of good games left out there. Let's talk about some NFL news before we jump into high school basketball. Excuse me. Uh, NFL. Pro Bowl games on Sunday, Corbin, 3 o'clock. You tuning into these? I will not. <laughs> Why is that? You don't like the fact they play flag football? No, I think it's a, it's, I think it's just terrible. Now, now there are some skills – Skills games on is it Thursday? Uh, yeah, yeah, tomorrow. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I might watch the skills thing a little bit. Just I mean, because it's always cool to see, you know, guys just kind of compete and do different things. But don't uh, I? I've got no interest in in the Sunday activities. I mean, uh, what are we doing? <laughs> like, like, have you seen some of the games? Uh, what... let's just let's just talk about the games. Go back to Thursday. 
Or I'll go back to tomorrow. So Thursday's Thursday's games, at least they're, I, <laughs> I guess, kind of entertaining. So tomorrow's skill sets, precision passing. All right. So obviously quarterbacks going to throw at targets or whatnot. But here's here's one, best catch. But but it's not going to be live. All right. It's pre-recorded. So somewhere somebody already knows who won. You know, that's that's just outstanding. Okay. Closest to the pins. Well, they're not gonna be golfing in the evening anywhere. So that's also pre-recorded. Awesome. Outstanding. Well, hold on, hold on. Where's this at? Oh, it's in Orlando. Okay, yeah. You're right. <laughs> My bad. This isn't summertime. So again, pre-recorded. I mean, this we're talking professional sports. Like but just to be just to be consistent, I love the all the celebrity softball game. Yeah. Okay. But it just drives me absolute nuts that it's pre-recorded. <laughs> like I want all I want all the liveness. I want the the joke cracking. Um, I mean, I I want it all. I want the rawness of an event. If you're not going to play the game, fine. Or if you're going to do something different, fine. But give us the rawness because what we want to do is we want to see our favorite players celebrated. Not by do nobody's celebrating these guys because they can hit a golf ball closest to the flagpole. Like I did. I mean, I shouldn't say I because I didn't. But nobody watched eighteen plus weeks to to watch a dude swing a golf club. <laughs> You, you, know? getting on, you getting on the soapbox again? Because I feel like you've been living on that damn thing for a while. <laughs> no, but <laughs> just to just to keep going though. All right, for the uh, the other skill sets. So you've got you've got snapshots. This is a new skill. I'm just reading it right off the website. New skill will allow long snappers and centers to showcase their skills by snapping balls at targets of various sizes and point values, like. I'm all I'm all for the special team stuff, but who cares about the long snappers? Did you tune in on week ten of the NFL season and say, "Man, I hope this long snapper does a good job"? Like, bring back the days of Sean Taylor rocking the punter. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> so, I mean, I do. I mean, I mean, I do think that the dodgeball. Um, event will be good but i'm kind of curious if they'll what kind of balls they'll whoa, use whoa 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 hold on so you're all about the dodgeball but you don't like close to the pin right because if i'm going to get a if i'm going to get behind one of these i'm going to get behind something that involves violence okay but i could see him you know, with the way that the nfl is and how soft the nfl i could see him playing with like balloons or something where you just got to like you got to be standing right next to the guy and just kind of ah, like ah, bat it at him <laughs> I mean, can you can you imagine that? Picture that for a second. Maybe they're playing with like Nerf guns. Not a chance. He could put an eye out. Haven't you seen a Christmas story? <laughs> that wasn't a Nerf gun. That was a Red <laughs> Rider BB gun. <laughs> That's a free promo right there for Red Rider. <laughs> You're welcome. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could get behind the dodgeball thing. I think that. Uh, but what it should be is it should be the offensive and defensive linemen. Get the linemen in there just running around. If we're just going to just 
if we're just going to have all this tomfoolery, then let's have the linemen in there throwing you know, dodgeballs at each other. Well, I, I, don't think... want those, I don't want balloons or those yarn balls. You remember them yarn balls from the gym class where you oh, just yeah. oh, throw yeah. it with all your might and it was like it was like a fly landed on you when you got hit? Yeah, yep. <laughs> no, I want the dodgeballs from the movie Dodgeball. I want them to be authentic. And then big rubber. Oh, yeah. The double kickballs. Yeah. Just yeah, I want. Uh, yeah, just thing to ever living daylights out of you. Exactly. Oh, boy. <laughs> so then after Still, you get through all those events, then we move on to Sunday. Have you seen Sunday's events? <laughs> No, I haven't. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I got to interject here because I truly think all those events, all those events on Thursday would be fantastic if you just let the linemen do all of them. Can you, can you imagine them? Can you imagine a 300? And, uh, you know, I was listening to uh, uh, the Kelsey's on their podcast and they were talking about it, but. Can you imagine a defensive lineman trying to field a punt return? I'm in on that. I'm in. On, we used to we used to have, call that fat man punt. And I tell you what, the kids just loved it. Yeah. Usually, usually, it. usually it's about that. conditioning. Conditioning was behind that. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, I could I could live with that. I could watch that. But anyway, let's get into Sunday with with their activities. Go ahead. Well, a couple more pre-planned events, as in played prior to whenever so you got you got uh of the pre-planned events the madden nfl head-to-head so obviously you're just going to take a bunch of guys and play madden which a lot of violence in there could hurt your fingers i'm not sure if the nfl players could sacrifice themselves and i know uh i mean that's there's a liability in there but my favorite of the pre-planned events is the kick tic-tac-toe. I love that one. <laughs> That's my favorite. I don't I, – I like the idea, but I don't want it to be – I don't want it to be pre-recorded because that means they edited out all the good stuff. Yeah. I want, guy, I want a guy to miss kick a ball and yell a swear word. Yep. Not only that, I want to see Justin Tucker set his kicking tee up. And Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes <laughs> just booted away from him. Yeah, exactly. I want all. I don't want to have to read about it on the Twitter a couple of days later. Yeah, I'm with you there. What else we got? Who <laughs> we got? Gridiron Gauntlet. I see. That's a relay race. So six players from each conference in a challenging <laughs> obstacle course. Sounds like American Gladiators. All right, I can get down with that. Now you give me give me that. Uh, you remember that tennis ball game? Yeah, where they used to shoot the tennis balls, and you had to run through that that uh, little obstacle thing or whatever to get to the other side. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they should do. Just give us the American Gladiators. You know what I want to see? This is this is an idea for the NFL, and I'm sure this would be a heck of a liability. But <laughs> you remember the show Wipeout? Oh, yeah. With the big red balls. I want to see some linemen do that. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> and they and got that wall where the the punching bags come out or the fists come out with the boxing gloves on. And just <laughs> jack you upside the head or right in the ribs. You, I want to see that. Can you imagine Can you imagine the penalty flags that would come flying if a quarterback ran through and got hit through one of them? 
Well, they they wouldn't be able to participate <laughs> in that, but. <laughs> or if it, with the NFL wanting to partner up with uh, Nickelodeon so much, you remember the show Double Dare where they did all those. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Just let's just get the slime out. Let's just. I just want these guys buttered, <laughs> covered, and fried in it. <laughs> it's like ordering at the dang Waffle House. All right, so next you got the tug of war, which I'm I'm all in for. I get it, but again, I want this to be alignment. I I because I think those guys will take it the most serious. Yeah. You know, so so give me give me five. Actually, give me each team should have their five starting offensive linemen represented. Okay. So I'm I'm all for the tug of war, but again, you know, so how long does that take? Thirty seconds, a minute. Sure. Yeah. So if we've got all these games and some of these games only take you know a minute or two, then what are we doing for the other fifty nine minutes of the hour? Playing, playing diddlywinks. <laughs> well, playing diddlywinks. Speaking of that, the last game on the menu, move the chains. Now, this is the one I'm all for. I'm 100% in this one. Offensive and defensive linemen, strength and speed competition takes strategy and teamwork. Each team of five players must work together to move 3,000 pounds of weights off a massive wall and be the first team to pull 2,000-pound wall across the finish line i am here for that i want those guys I, I want those guys just all sorts of drip and sweat when they get done with this one me too yeah that I, could be pretty that could be entertaining there yeah yeah I, i'm okay with it but again it's not taped so we might get a swear word or two i hope so give the people what they want yeah yeah but i don't mean me i mean heck you know i well i mean me Sometimes I swear in the morning just to get a good taste in my mouth. <laughs> R.I.P. Mike Leach. So, so to answer your original question, I I doubt that I'll watch it, but I do think that um, you know that's I'll a pretty enjoy... long one, pretty long winded answer to get to what we're watching on Sunday. <laughs> I do uh, I do think that I'll enjoy watching like the highlights on on Twitter and all that. I mean, because some of that stuff, I mean, I'm sure is is uh, going to be pretty entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, that's all I got for that. But let's let's talk about some some coaching hires. Uh, we'll start in Seattle with the Seahawks. They are hiring what sounds to be uh, Mike McDonald from the Ravens. Corbin, what do you think about the? I know I emphasize the McDonald. That's probably just Mike McDonald. But what do you what do you think about this hire? Well, uh, it does sound like. Pete Carroll might have had a change of heart at the last minute. Did you ever? Did you ever see that? Uh huh. So, Pete Carroll. Uh, this is all based on a, a tweet that I read. Uh, so allegedly. So allegedly, yep, yep. Um, that Pete Carroll had had announced that he was done after this year, wanted to remain with the with the organization, but then towards the either at the end of the year or towards the end of the year or however it worked out um he expressed that he would like to stay on as the the head coach well it was too late so it might, maybe it was after maybe it was at the end of the year or after the year where the process had already started but um it was too late for him for them to keep him on as the head coach and thus obviously to hire you know Mike McDonald and you know to answer your question you know, 
as much of a defensive guy as I am, you know, and obviously Mike McDonald, uh, defensive guy, I just don't know how well they work in the NFL as head coaches. Yeah. You know, it's such an offensive focused league. I mean, you know, look at the way that the game's played, but also look at the way that, that the rules have been adjusted to benefit the offense. And I get it. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to dog them or anything. That's, that's what generates fans, you know, and fans generate money and that's what keeps the league going. I get it. But uh, I just don't know how good, um, defensive first guys are as head coaches. Yeah. Not with you. And, you know, for me, uh, I saw that Mike McDonald's 36 years old. So this makes him the youngest head coach in the NFL. Um, you know, something you and I have talked about running the old guys out and getting the new guys in that way. You know, I, I would say they probably give him a couple years and if things still aren't right, he's probably shown the door and they move right on to the next guy. Yeah. I mean, cause again, it's a lot easier for the front office to fire the guy that everybody sees every day, as opposed to looking themselves in the mirror and saying, Hey, maybe we are the problem. Absolutely. Yeah. So also on Mike McDonald, uh, Got some history with both the Harbaugh's. Yeah, Mike McDonald was uh, an assistant with the Ravens. Um, and when Jim Harbaugh was looking for a defensive coordinator, he actually, I don't know if you ever heard this story, he went to his brother and said, hey, you know, I need a defensive coordinator. Do you have anybody in mind? Yep. And Mike McDonald was, was one of the options. And then uh, and Jesse Mentor. Well, McDonald shows up. He's at, He's at Michigan for one year. Um, and goes back to the NFL to be the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. And then right away after McDonald leaves, then he hires Jesse Mentor. So both of the guys that John Harbaugh um, suggested to Jim ended up being defensive coordinators for Michigan. And obviously, you know, we know what they did this year defensively. And, and uh, now Mentor is moving on with Jim Harbaugh to San Diego and Mentor is going to be the defensive coordinator out there. Oh, Not no. San Diego, <laughs> Los Angeles. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> Other coaching news: Steelers hire Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator, uh, who just got let go from the Atlanta Falcons as their head coach. So, Corbin, uh, want to get your thoughts here? What do you think about this? Uh, I guess I'd like to know what Pittsburgh sees. You know, I I, I guess I don't understand it. Are they? Are they giving Arthur Smith credit for what Derrick Henry was able to do? I mean, are they giving him credit for running Derrick Henry eventually into the ground by running the ball to him an ungodly amount of times? Like, I, like, I, don't, I don't get the hire. Yeah, I'm not real sure what they see because uh, I just don't think he's that great. I think he's a nice guy. I mean, I've heard him in some interviews, and I think he's a nice guy, but you know what they say about nice guys? Yeah, they finished last. Yeah, so not sure what they see in him to be their OC, but nevertheless, I mean, I, I guess it's going to be better than uh, Matt Canada. Uh, sure. I feel like it's uh, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, until they get a quarterback in there that understands how to throw a forward pass accurately. Well, I got Kenny Pickett. He's Kenny throws picks. Yeah, that's his name, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, good for Mike Tomlin making a making a a move because obviously that offense needs it. But you know, just real quick on Pittsburgh, 
I don't know what the problem is, but they haven't been very good since Ben Roethlisberger started his downtrend towards being average. Yeah. Um, you know, so Tomlin, Tomlin is, is certainly skating on thin ice in my opinion. And if you ask some, some Steelers faithful, I think that they would agree. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I, I agree with that. So they're be interesting, but that's all I got in the NFL wise. Uh, you got anything else said? No, no. All right. Well, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into some high school basketball. Check out Tenora Rams Live. Live events broadcast on YouTube and post-game results, articles, schedules, and more can all be found on TenoraRams.com. Are you wanting to put that finishing touch on your landscaping to set it apart from the rest? Or maybe you just need a gift idea for that hard-to-buy four person in your life? Give Blake and Tiffany a call with Sin Rock Engraving. They offer custom engraved rocks that will be one of a kind. They will walk you through the process of picking out your rock and customizing it with anything from names, addresses, businesses, or images of your choice. Give them a call at 419-796-9897 or check them out on Facebook, Sin Rock Engraving, 419-796-9897. Looking for a high-quality detailing service? Check out Stoller Shine Detailing, located on the outskirts of Paulding. Stoller Shine Detailing has a variety of options for interior-exterior detailing. Whether your ride is new, used, or abused, Stoller Shine Detailing strives for highest-quality results and treat each vehicle as their own. To schedule an appointment, go to StollerShineDetailing.com or contact owner and operator Logan Stoller at 419-770-1042. Check out Stoller Shine Detailing on Facebook. Back here across the field, Double B and Corbin. <laughs> Corbin, uh, girls have their tournament draw this week, high school girls on Sunday. So we'll dive more into them next week when, once we have some matchups. So let's get into the boys, shall we? We'll start with the GMC on Friday night. Antwerp playing host to the Ayersville Pilots on Friday Corbin, what do you think about this game here? Uh, a couple teams going in different directions, if you ask me. Antwerp fourteen and two, Ayersville six and eight. Ayersville dropping uh, that that uh, buzzer beater there to, to Sonora last week, and then they go to the stage. Delphus get uh, get beat again. I just I think Antwerp after the uh, after that Rushi game, I, I think that they. Uh, might have figured some things out. Now I say that knowing, you know, extremely well what what happened, you know, against Dwayne Trace. Um, but even then, and we talked about it on Tuesday, they got down, you know, double digits, and they continued to fight. Um, and just looking at Antwerp's schedule the rest of the way, you know, no reason that they lose another game until, um, you know, they get probably into the district round of the tournament. So, yeah, I think I think Antwerp has no no problems on Friday. All right, I'm with you there. I agree with you there. I think uh, obviously the Archers are playing pretty well, and I know they dropped that one last Friday, but they're going to get back at it here, and I think they'll take care of business at home Friday night with Ayersville. Um, moving on, let's talk about Wayne Trace traveling to Edgerton uh, to take on the Bulldogs. Corbin, what do you think about this game? Uh, obviously Wayne Trace is the better team now, obviously not quite as good 
with you know the Brooks situation, but uh, I still think they they show up. Maybe a slow start. You know, Edgerton did pick up a couple of big wins last week. Um, you know, obviously the the league game against Fairview, and then they turn around and then on Saturday night they played uh, Eden, and you know they got Eden again. So uh, yeah, I, I think Wayne Trace wins it, but I think it might be a bit of a slow start for the Red, White, and Blue. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see that. Um, I think Wayne Trace, like we mentioned the other night, figured some things out um, with playing all those guys against Miller City, taking one on the chin there, you know, losing at home. But I think they'll bounce back and could get up, like you said, could be a slow start. But then I think uh, they'll turn it on and ultimately win the ball game. I, you know, Edgerton, not an easy place to play. So they're going to have to come ready to play. But, uh, you know, I think they'll battle back and, and find a way to win. Yeah, sometimes sure. sometimes you just you're just outclassing your opponent. And I think eventually Wayne Trace Wayne Trace's talent, um, you know, takes over. Yep. Let's talk about the Paulding Panthers, coached by Logan Stoller. They're going to hit the road to Fairview on Friday night. Uh, take on the Apaches. Paulding now eight and five, two and one in the conference. Uh, Fairview is six and eight, one and two in the conference. Another tough place to play over at Fairview. Just a different setup with the stage on the side, um, you know, bleachers behind the one end at the basket. So this could be pretty interesting. The Panthers are going to have to go in there and defend and, and play with a lot of energy, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think that they'll have to play a clean game. Um, I think that they are trending in the right direction. You know, we thought we thought that, you know, they would beat Hicksville, but we thought maybe Hicksville would give them, you know, a good game. And for a while it was, um, you know, and then against Montpelier, you know, down at halftime. But then that second half uh, figured some things out, shot the ball well. Um, you know, they're in a really good spot with that one conference loss and with Wayne Trace, excuse me, Wayne Trace still on the schedule. They're in a really good spot that if they can get some confidence here, you know, Fairview, Ottoville, Ayersville, Tenora, and Lincolnview – all winnable games yep. uh, for Paulding until they get to that Wayne Trace game. If they can hit their stride, uh, I mean that that game with with Wayne Trace at the Palace. I mean that that that'll be a big game for both teams. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Absolutely. So uh, let's take a take a look at the last game in the GMC. Uh, the Hicksville Aces will travel to Tenora to take on the Rams. Hicksville, 3-13, and 0-4 in the conference. Tenora is 5-9, and 2-1 and in the conference. Uh, I like the Rams here. You know, came up with a couple big wins last weekend uh, over Ayersville and Hilltop. They've, they've got three in a row now. Um, so I like, I like them over Hicksville Friday night. You can also catch this game on Tenora Rams live. One of our great sponsors. Yeah. You know, another, another loss of less than five points for DW squad there at Hicksville. Um, you know, last week against Fayette, they got beat 37, 36. Uh, I agree. I think Tenora, they've won three straight. Uh, I think that they will certainly win this one. Now, again, Hicksville has a tendency to keep things close. Tenora's not, an outstanding ball club. 
Um, so I expect this one to still be between that five to seven point range. So I think Hicksville will be in it till the end. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. I agree with you. So, so another game we want to talk about on Friday, big one in the NWAL. Five and one Archbold, two and one in the conference, traveling to Evergreen um, to take on the Vikings, who are twelve and three and two and one in the conference. I think this will be a dandy, Corbin. Yeah, I, you're exactly right. You know, Archbold drops that surprising game to to Liberty Center. Um, you know, we were able to see Liberty Center a little bit earlier, actually, right after they had gotten done with the football season. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise, though, you know, with Archbold uh, being the perennial power that they are. Some are saying that they're not quite as good as what they have been in years past. Um, you know, on the flip side of that, Evergreen, a uh, couple of losses to Cardinal Stritch, Fostoria, and Wasian. They get Archbold at home. Just looking at the schedules, I think that Evergreen, little bit tougher schedule, um, you know, and, and so with that and then being at home, I'll take the Vikings in what some would say a little bit of an upset. Ooh, 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 all right. I don't know who I'm taking here because I think it's going to go down to the wire. I I, I think I'm going to go with Archbold just because a guy like Cade Brenner and, and company, I think they'll they'll find a way to get a, the win on the road and – you know, it's 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 hard to run the conference and, and beat everybody and go undefeated. So, you know, maybe that loss to Liberty Center woke them up a little bit. Maybe they'll come out with a little bit of fire and find a way to get a big conference win on the road. Another big game I want to talk about, Corbin, in the Northwest Conference, the Spencerville Bearcats traveling to Bluffton to take on the Pirates. Uh, we caught up with both coaches earlier this evening and we're going to play those interviews for you right now everyone knows about pucker brush pizza if not get on board for fantastic fresh cuisine you know pizza calzones quesadillas with handcrafted queso soups and salads too like them on facebook and check their website for hours and online menu puckerbrushpizza.com pucker brush pizza in paint at 117 east marin and 114 south main in antwerp put these numbers in your phone 263-2626 in Payne and 506-2002 in antwerp big city taste at a small town price it's pucker brush pizza Joining us now on Across the Field, Spencerville head basketball coach, Kevin Sensiball. Coach, thanks for joining us this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Not a problem. I'm going to let Corbin go ahead and fire away with the questions because he's my big question guy. So, Corbin, <laughs> you got you got something for Coach this evening? Yeah, well, first off, Coach, thanks for joining us. Um, obviously, you know, real good start to the season. Big one coming up. But I want to go back a week. Um, you know, obviously Lima Central Catholic, really good basketball team. Um, you know, they come into your place and it might've been one of the best games in Northwest Ohio. Yeah, that was a fun one. I mean, it was a really good atmosphere. Um, and, and yes, they are a really good basketball team. Our guys played incredibly, incredibly on the defensive end, especially in the first half that night. So, you know, I, I guess if, if you're going to, beat a really good team you're going to have to defend and rebound and, and our guys took care of business like I said especially in the first half but what a what a great atmosphere it was and I think it ended up being a real confidence booster for our guys um, but yeah it was a great win 
Certainly. You know, I, I, I just, it's kind of funny, you know, they had two guys score, you know, 48 of their 52 <laughs> points. Um, always, right. you know, fairly impressive. Um, and I'm going to steal a little bit of Brett's thunder here because he did give me the, the leeway to ask the question first. Um, obviously, you know, Will and Owen are really good, but Grady Smith off the bench. And, and I'll preface this by saying that Brett's been very high on him. Um, he had a, he had one of your guys' games earlier in the year. Uh, but Grady Smith, you know, led the way, um, you know, shooting-wise. Talk a little bit about his performance and what he brings. Well, I tell you, he, he had not shot the ball well, um, really, since the first game of the season. Um, and we just said, listen, we believe in you. You got to keep believing in yourself. Keep firing away. And, boy, did he come up big. I mean – you know, I was, if he doesn't make those threes, those four threes in, in the first half, we probably don't win that game. Um, but it, it was, it was really cool to see for him just because I know he had been struggling with the shot and to see it fall for him. It was, it was really cool. And, I, and I'm happy for him and I'm extremely happy that it happened that night. Cause we needed every bit of it. <laughs> of course. Sorry, Brad. I, I had to. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Coach, it seemed like uh, he got going, Grady got going uh, that Lincoln View game. Did he? And I watched you guys, uh, the Crestview game, the Onneville game, and then the, the Bath game. And I know at Lincoln View, he really shot it well. Was there kind of a turning point, maybe in practice or a game that he just kind of started getting everything clicking? Not really. It wasn't in practice. Uh, to be honest with you, I think he just needed to see one go in during a game. Yeah, um, and he saw that against Lincoln View. He hit a couple against Lincoln View, and then the next night he hit a couple more. And I think he just started to gain a little confidence, and and he hit some awfully big ones against LCC. So, yeah, and and that's just the way it goes. Sometimes you know shooters need to see it go in every once in a while, and the, and then they can start feeling good about themselves. And and that was really the first time that that he had done that this year. And, and I think we're not far from having that happen with some other guys, you know, to be quite honest with you, Owen has not shot the ball particularly well from the, from the perimeter, but I know he can, he shot 43% from three last year and he's not anywhere near that this year. So he just needs to do the same. He needs to see one go down and, and just gain a little confidence. But um, if we start doing that, knocking down perimeter shots with consistency, we could be a tough out. Yeah, watching you guys, I mean, obviously Will and Owen, you know, are the, the straw that stirs the drink for you guys. But I want to talk about your leadership inside with Carter Sudoff and Carter Orr. Uh, what do those guys mean to you? Well, Carter Sudoff has really, really dedicated himself to, to his game. You know, he, he's, he, he did track last year for the first time, but for the most part, he's just a basketball guy. And he really got in the weight room and just worked his brains out in the weight room and got so much stronger. He's a really strong kid. Uh, and he, he worked on his game. He spent time on his own. He went to camps. You know, he did a lot of the things that you have to do to become a really good player. And he, you know, obviously is, is reaping the rewards now. Like he, you know, he's had some tremendous, tremendous games for us here since the turn of the year. I think he's had, I think he had like 24 points and 13 rebounds one game. He had 24 and 10 another. He had 15 and 16. I mean, he's he's just really eating up rebounds, and, and he's able to score more consistently in the post than he ever has. So he's been great for us. Carter Orr is a junior. He's been doing a great job for us too. He's not 
um, probably scored as much. You know, he he's an interesting guy because we don't we don't ask him to score a bunch, but he can. He had some big games last year, um, but he just does so many other things for us. He's just probably one of the more versatile players I've ever coached. He's a good mm-hmm. passer. He's a good scorer. He's a good rebounder. He's a good defender. He can do a lot of things for us. So those guys have been really good. Coach, let's My go bad. to Saturday night. Um, obviously, Eller is, is really good. We could talk about him in a second. But you guys have taken the lead with, what was it, just over a minute to go? Um, yep, just, minute yeah, 29, yep. Yeah. Um, you know, Talk about just the way that your guys fought. You talked about how uh, that win against LCC was kind of a boost, you know, a confidence boost for the guys. Um, obviously, ultimately, you know, you come up short. But the fact that you guys didn't lead since the first quarter in that game, um, and then you come back late against a really good St. John's team. Um, talk about what, what the message was out of that game. And obviously you lost uh, 65-60, but what was the message out of that game? Yeah, I mean, obviously the outcome isn't what we wanted, but I can tell you this, I was not upset with the way our guys played. Um, I didn't feel like anybody had, you know, played poorly. I thought our guys played really well. Um, I thought we defended well. I, I thought – you know, we rebounded it pretty well. I mean, we shot a fairly decent percentage from the field. We scored um, with a little bit more regularity than than I maybe I even thought we would. I mean, I just thought it was a tremendous, tremendous high school basketball game with a tremendous atmosphere. And Cam Elward just put on one of the nicest performances I've ever seen. I mean, he just could not miss. And you know, the thing is, I thought we defended him well. I thought we forced him into difficult shots, contested shots, and he just made them, you know. And I, it was a situation where I did not want to double him um, because, you know, first of all, there was a non-league game. I, I felt like that's a really good test for us to get better at what we do. Um, and so, you know, and I felt pretty confident that Carter and Evan did a pretty good job. It's just that, you know, he just, he got into a rhythm and it was, once he got in, he he never came out of it. I don't want to compare high school kids, uh, but obviously coach, you've been around long enough. Um, You know, obviously your district is really good with Colin White and OG and, and now you've seen cam play. Uh, Talk a little bit about, you know, what each of their games are like. Uh, I guess one way of going at, uh, if you were, you know, had to defend them, what's, what's the best way to go about defending both of those as, as you see it? Well, well, I, I think number one, you better pray the night before. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's just, it's a nightmare to guard either one of them, but I can tell you they're, they're, um, they're different, very different in the way um, that they go about things. I mean, um, you know, Cam is, is a very, very strong kid, about six foot, but very, very strong. He's got tremendous, tremendous body control. But is he the explosive athlete that Colin White is? No, but he's so fundamentally sound. His footwork is impeccable. Um, his competitive spirit is is just awesome. It's, it's fun to see as a competitor. Um, and his skill set is is just very very refined for such a young kid. Now, Colin White is 
very, very, very explosive. I mean, he has such athleticism and size and length and, you know, he, he has such a good feel for what they do defensively. And, you know, he, he maybe doesn't shoot it as well as, as cam, but boy, does, is he getting better at that area too? So just a nightmare of a matchup. I mean, either one of them, it's, it's not something that you look forward to, but it's, <laughs> um, it's something that you, you know, you know, is probably, you know, with cam on the, on the schedule for two more years, you know, it's coming. So you just might as well prepare to, do the best you can do and learn how to get better from it. Um, and same way with Colin White, I hope we get a chance to play them at this at some point this year. We got a chance in the district finals last year, and it didn't go well. Um, but, you know, that's as a competitor, you want another shot and see what happens. Yeah, I th- and you talked about it, you know, having Delta St. John's on the schedule, this is a great opportunity to have game film, you know, on a similar player. Obviously, they both bring different skills. But it allows you to, to to bring the guys back and say, hey, you know, here's where we got beat. Here's where we need to improve. Right. Yeah, sure. I mean, we actually talked about that immediately after the game on Saturday night. I, I told the guys in no way, shape or form was I upset with the way we played. I thought we were competitive. I thought we were tough. I thought we battled the whole time. We just made some errors. I think with the after we took the lead. Um, late in the game, we, we had three straight turnovers. And when you have three straight turnovers in the last minute of a game, of a close game, you're not winning. And so, you know, I said, that's, this is something that is going to make us better. If we use this the right way, you know, it can be a learning experience that we can really, really get better from. And I'm hoping that we can do that. Yeah, I don't want to go on too much about Cam Elwer, but we want to give respect where respect is due. So, um, you know, hitting a thousand points as a sophomore, you know, halfway through the season. I mean, coach, have you ever seen anything like that? The way he could score the ball? No, I not no <laughs> way, not at this level. I mean, I I don't know, you know, I, I don't know the history of Ohio high school basketball, I suppose, but. I can't imagine anybody doing it any earlier than this. I mean, right. it is unbelievable the the amount of points he compiles. And like I said, it's not like he's defended poorly. You know, he's playing against good teams with good players and good coaches that come up with good game plans and different game plans and different ways to guard him, and it just doesn't make a difference. I mean, yeah. he just he he is he's just a really good basketball player. He's almost like a like a savant in some ways because he, you know he puts in a lot of time. I understand that he 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 has worked his brains out. I get that, but there are other kids that work that hard too, and they're still not that good. He's yeah. just really really special. Yeah. Last, ahead, last thing for me, Coach, uh, just looking ahead, you guys are fourth right now in your district, uh, potentially one of the toughest districts in in all of the state, certainly in Division Three. Uh, just kind of give us a, an outlook. You know, we're, we're at the end of January. Kind of give us an outlook for, for what to expect, uh, you know, with the district moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, really, really difficult district. I would say it is the toughest district in Division Three in the state because, no, number one, you've got Ottawa Glandorf, who's always going to be, you know, with Colin White and, and Kay Nerford. I mean, they're, they're just really good. I mean, they're ranked, what, number two in the state. 
Um, you know, Bluffton's another team that's pretty good. We are in the same boat. Um, even Liberty Benton is, is a pretty decent team. Coldwater is really good in the MAC, and all these teams. And Wayne Trace, I know Wayne Trace has gone through some injuries, but you know, these are some really good Division three teams, and we're all going to have to beat each other up, and only one of us is going to come out of it. So it's a little bit unfortunate that it worked out that way, but uh, you know, I, I haven't looked a whole lot down the line and what's going to happen yet because I'm still focused on what we have to do this week and the next couple weeks but um we're looking forward to you know when that time rolls around we will be prepared for it and and we're going to have a lot of fun coach i want to bring up i want to bring up your boys your two sons that are on the team owen and will yeah i know coaches don't want to brag on their their kids a whole lot but i'm gonna put you on the spot here what do they bring and then i believe if i'm not mistaken uh, Evan Osing might be a nephew of yours as well. He is. Yep. Yep. He's so at, at family functions, we getting together playing horse or pig or 21. No, we got heck going no on? they don't want to play me because they know I'd win. <laughs> I always tell them I'm still the best shooter. It doesn't matter if they can play. I, I can still shoot better, but no, yeah, they, uh, they've done a good job. I mean, they, you know, own a will and, and have put in a lot of time and Evan too, but, um, you know, Owen has has uh, has not shot the ball as well this year as he normally has, but oh my gosh, he's starting to figure out how to get to the rim, and you know his game is is just kind of opening up right now for him. And he had a really good weekend last weekend. I think he had twenty seven against Grove and twenty two against St. John's. Um, he's just he he's starting to develop some confidence, and you know starting to. Uh, kind of developed some more aspects to his game that is, is really good to see. And he's really been good defensively this year too, which is, you know, as an eighth grader, I, I would have doubted that. But now that he's a sophomore, he's become a lot better defensively. So that's been good to see. Thank goodness, because I don't have to scream as much. But um, <laughs> Will has, you know, Will, Will's, he's a different player than Owen. He Will's kind of a natural point guard. He just, he has a good feel. He's He's got, really good handles and uh you know he's got good tempo and good control um and he is just now starting to figure out you know how like when when he can attack and when he can pick his own spots because you know as a young freshman point guard when you've got you know he's got scores on the wings he's got scores inside sometimes it's hard to find like where you fit in and he's starting to figure that out now and it's been pretty fun to see. He had a really good weekend too. And I think he only had like one turnover on the weekend as a freshman point guard. That's pretty darn good. So, um, you know, he's, he's getting better. He's, he's still working on the defensive end too, because he's young, but um, it's, it's, I think we're going to, we're, we're gaining valuable experience in some of these games that we're playing, some of these tight games that we're playing. So these guys are going to be tested by the end of the year. And that's such a good thing to have. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, covered you guys, the, the Crestview and Ottaville game, and I was just – I didn't know what to expect out of Will being a freshman going into those types of games that early. But, man, I really thought he really controlled the tempo, and I'm excited to see, you know, where he's going to get to in the future. Yeah, I mean, he's done a really good job controlling the tempo, especially like early in the year we kind of let the guys like Owen and Will and Evan kind of all, all were trading turns at the point and – you know, it got to a point where we're like, hey, how about how about Will just plays the point? You guys just run the wing because uh, 
the tempo is a lot different when Will's at the point, and we like that tempo a little bit better. Yeah. And that allows Evan and Owen to just get to the wings and get into scoring spots quicker. So it has worked out pretty well. But, yeah, he's done a good job of controlling the tempo. Absolutely. Corbin, you want to jump into this week's matchup? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – I guess that's where we can kind of finish up. Um, de facto Northwest Conference championship game. You know, if there if there was such a thing, I think this is it, huh? Yeah, I mean, this is a big one. I mean, I think everybody knows that. You know, we're not going to hide from it. That's It's the big game of, of the league, especially after both of Bluffton and us beat Crestview. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. I mean, it's going to be a heck of a matchup. It's going to be a tremendous, tremendous atmosphere because they have that old small gym that gets really loud. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. Yeah, Coach Boblett does a fantastic job with those guys, as always. So, what do you know about the Pirates heading into Friday night without giving away too much of your game plan, Coach? Yeah, they're pretty talented. I mean, you know, they've got uh, – Wade Ginther is – I mean, he is really shifty and quick, and he's done a tremendous job of making himself a better basketball player, and he, he finishes incredibly well around the rim. He's got good handles. You know, he's he's a well-rounded player. They They – you know, he it kind of runs through him, especially right now. But they're they're also like the rest of their guys are big. You know, they've got a lot of size and a lot of strength, a lot of athleticism. Um, you know, they've they've got a and you know, they got everybody back from last year for the most part. So they they have a lot of weapons. I don't know uh, the if the Donaldson kid is going to play. Um, I know he hasn't played lately because I, I think he had mono or something is what I heard, but. Um, I would assume they're going to try to get him back this week. I don't know at, at what level he's going to be able to play, but he adds another dimension of just he can shoot it from everywhere. Um, Taron Boblett can shoot it. I mean, they've got, you know, they've just got a lot of weapons. They got a lot of guys that can spread the floor. Um, they've got a lot of guys that can shoot threes. They can they can get you up the bounce. They have some guys that are great offensive rebounders. I mean. They, they've got it all. They, they're a very difficult matchup for anybody, let alone, you know, us. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't matter if it's us or if it's somebody else. They are difficult to match up with. Um, so we're going to have to be at our best. I don't think there's any question that we're going to have to play our best game of the year, and I'm looking forward to seeing if our guys can do it. All right. Corbin, you got anything else? Nope, I'm good. I'm good, too. Coach, thanks again for joining us. Best of luck to you Friday night. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. It'll be fun. Does your landscaping need an upgrade this year? Look no further than TNT Springer Landscaping. They specialize in mulch, rock, trim redesign, and much more. For your next landscaping project, choose TNT Springer Landscaping. Contact Tony Springer at 419-910-0742 to make your landscaping vision a reality. Joining us now on Across the Field, Bluffton Pirate head coach, Todd Bobla. Coach, how are we doing this evening? Doing all right. Doing all right. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, thank you for joining me. I uh, really appreciate you taking time out here. So let's kind of talk about your season so far. 14-1, and 5-0 and uh, in the conference. That lone loss coming uh, your third game of the season, 2 OG uh, at home by 5. Let's go ahead and start right there. I mean, you got off to a good start with uh, wins over Elmwood and Kenton, that third game, playing the, a very good Titans team, as always. Hung right with them, play, you know, lost by five there. So 
What did you learn from that game specifically that early in the season? This Well, yeah, I think, you know, facing OG early, um, you have to prepare a certain way for those guys because their style of play is so different than the majority of the teams on our schedule. They're so they're so good at what they do. They pressure you into uh, mistakes. And um, I thought our guys showed a lot of composure that evening. And uh, we have guys that had spent a lot of time in the offseason working on their skill and developing you know, their individual skills. And, and I thought it showed through. And, and I think it gave our guys some confidence, even though it wasn't the result we were after. So I think we, you know, we were talking in the locker room that we don't know what anyone else's process is or what that looks like. And, you know, it's not a comparison game. And uh, our guys have put in the, the amount of time needed to be successful at what we're trying to do. And, and I think that they believe that or they're able to see that kind of come to fruition that evening. So um, it's, it's been a it's been a fun, you know, kind of start to the year. We want to continue to get better. And um, I think that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Fast forward a little bit um, later on from that game. Went over to Crestview a few weeks ago. Got a big win at the Ray by one over there, 53-52. Talk about that environment and, and how that was for your guys that night. Yeah, you know, it's been an interesting season in general. You know, our football team had a lot of success and it was a lot of fun for our community. So we didn't get some of our football guys till a little bit later. Right. Um, so they got back and we were starting to kind of, you know, I think getting a rhythm for who are, who we were as a team, developing somewhat of an identity. And then we had some issues or we've, we've been dealing with issues um, really since or the week before that Crestview game. So we had to adjust on the fly and our leading scorer's been out since that that point. Uh, and so our guys went over to, you know, I think a very difficult place to play. Uh, without our leading scorer, without our a guy that's also was our leading rebounder at that point. Uh, and, and it was really the first time that we had played without uh, this kid for the last three years. And uh, it was, I think it was a really proud moment for our guys to be able to step up and get the job done. And they've been able to carry that through over the last six games, five of which have been on the road. So I think our confidence is pretty good right now. I think our guys believe, um, you know, they've they've been able to kind of buoy their own uh, ability a little bit and and really come together as an entire unit. And you know, we just hope to continue. We want to, you know, want to get healthy at some point here. Uh, but it, but it's been interesting. So that's probably a long-winded answer. Hopefully, I answered it. But um, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was, you know, it's never easy over at Crestview and, and to deal with what we were dealing with that week and to still come out with a win was was really good for our group. We talked to Coach Sensible the other day and he was telling us, you know, how how hard he is to defend or what you have to game plan for. So, so tell me what it was like for you guys to kind of game plan around Colin White or what you could do to slow him down. Cause I don't think anybody's going to be able to stop him. Yeah. Right. And, and <laughs> slowing, or even slowing him down. He's, yeah. he's, he, you know, he's just such a special player. Um, it, it's fun to, you know, to think about ways that you could maybe slow him down, but he's just so competitive. Um, I think things that stand out, you know, for him trying to prep for him, is that he's a tremendous teammate and uh, his vision, his ability to find guys and make the right play 
whether that is, you know, him scoring himself or whether, uh, you know, at different times he's able to find the open man, he's just a, a tremendous competitor and, a, and I think a, a, a just an exceptional passer. And, and then, you, you know, we're not talking about him scoring. Um, and, and so there's, you know, really uh, multiple things that you consider when you're trying to prep for those guys. Um, it really raises your level of, you know, I think of interest, first of all, for your players and your program. It also allows your community to see like what special players look like and what special basketball communities look like. So we we really enjoy, you know, playing those guys. We've never had success against them up to this point. Um, so, uh, you know, Colin is uh, he's going to go down if he's, you know, as one of the, the best players in in our area. And, uh, you know, I guess in my 25 years of of being around the sport here in Northwest Ohio, I would say, you know, he's in the top few in terms of just his competitiveness. I mean, there are some guys that stand out. He's certainly one of them. Um, so uh, he's been a lot of fun to watch. He's not a lot, whole lot of fun to prep for. <laughs> uh, another, another guy we talked about, and I know you guys don't have Delphi St. John's on your schedule, but I'm sure you've seen him through common opponents. Uh, Cam Elwer is a yeah. sophomore. Yeah eclipsing a thousand points have you ever seen a player get to a thousand that quick no you know it, it, that's really funny too you know our guys uh, you know our players talking about you know he's it's in january of his sophomore year and he's eclipsed a thousand and in our school's history we've had two one thousand point scores wow. uh for their entire <laughs> career so, you know, when we see him and he's come over and, and played against our guys and some and open gyms. So our guys are familiar with him and just watching him kind of, you know, in our peripheral, uh, he's just an unbelievable scorer and he can do it in so many different ways, you know, off the dribble, off the catch, he can take you down low in the post. And even though he's a little bit undersized, he just has such a great knack for feeling defenders and being able to make, you know, being able to score the basketball. Um, he's unique for sure. And, and, a and a heck of a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to get your perspective on, on two of those top guys here that we have in our area, but let's get back to the Bluffton Pirates. So you got Spencerville coming up this week, uh, without giving away too much of your game plan coach, what is it going to take for you guys to get a win Friday night? Well, they are so well-rounded. They, they're, they have the ability to play on the perimeter and be really good on the perimeter um, and they also have good size inside. So I think they're they're a complete team. I think their um, young guards play much older than they are. Um, you know, Coach Sensiball starting, you know, a freshman point guard who does not look like a freshman point guard at all and a sophomore two guard. And, and those guys are playing with a lot of confidence and they're uh, really crafty with the ball, really skilled. So how they he's developed those guys over there of course you know i think through the years you've seen a lot of really good players come out of his program and and the way he's able to develop those guys i think you know really stands out and um so we we've got to just kind of do what we do i know that might you know sound a little cliche but um you know at this point in the season we're we both, I think, have an identity of what we're trying to do, and we've been a good offensive team. We need to be really good Friday night. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 
talk about some of your guys that have kind of stepped up to the plate while Donaldson's been out, um, you know, these last few games for a while here. So talk about maybe some guys that kind of fly under the radar for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wade Genther's a, uh, our starting point guard. And I think that yep. he's maybe a little bit, um, you know, undervalued in terms of um, the talk that we get in terms of what we do offensively, but he's our guy, you know, he gets us into what we want to do. He's extremely good with the ball, um, has great vision. Uh, just, he does a really good job of taking care of us at the offensive end. And I think Blake Summers, our six, five wing has been really good. Um, you know, facing, he, he does a nice job facing the basket. He can play a little bit with his back to the basket, but he's a really skilled player. And he's shooting the ball really well right now. And I think our other guys have just played complimentary to that. And we've had guys step up and make big shots at critical times and make big plays for us at either end of the floor. So those two guys, maybe I'd give, you know, a name to, but I think it's been a collective effort. And we've been playing due to some injuries. We've been playing a nine man rotation. And sometimes we've got two to three of those nine, you know, top nine guys are not able to play. So it's, it's been a, a, a really collective uh, effort on on those guys' parts. Yeah. Coach, are we leaving anything out? You got anything else to add? Boy, uh, <laughs> I don't think. I, you know, it's, it's always nerve-wracking, uh, this game in particular, because, you know, we're, this is a big league game, but it also sets up for our district tournament. And so yep. – you know, there's a lot on the line for both of our, our teams. And, and uh, I think probably, you know, the guys are probably really ready to go and they're excited to play. And, and uh, you know, I'm just really anxious and hope we don't, you know, I'm not missing something. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think the anxiety of waiting around till Friday can get to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I do want to ask you real quick about that, about that Lima district. I mean, one of the best in the state, I think. What, what do you... I know you're not looking too far ahead, but, you know, keeping your eye on some of those teams in there, uh, what do you foresee coming out of that? Yeah, it's scary. You know, they, yeah. whenever I talk to any of our uh, kind of fellow district coaches, um, you know, I say, well, there are going to be some really, really good teams that lose in the sectional semifinal, not a sectional final. Yeah. Uh, you know, Coldwater's playing really well. Wayne Trace obviously is really good. Ottawa's a really good team, Spencerville, and, uh, you know, there's a few there. And then, and then there's Liberty Benton who has a nice team and carry, and it's a, it's going to be a gauntlet of, and, uh, whoever comes out of this one's going to be, you know, it's going to be well-deserved and it's going to be earned for sure. Absolutely. Well, coach, I appreciate your time and uh, best of luck to you Friday night. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Helped you progress. Looking for the perfect fall outfits? Look no further. The Vaughn & Co. offers a stunning collection for women, men, and kids. Stay ahead of the fashion game by subscribing to our mailing list and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vaughn & Co. to get all of the exclusive news, deals, and discounts, and product launches. Shop now on our website, www.thevaughnandco.com, before your favorite pieces sell out. So there you have it, Corbin. Uh, we got to hear from Bluffton head coach Todd Boblett and coach Kevin Sensiball from the Spencerville Bearcats. So Bluffton comes into this game 14-1, and 5-0 in the conference. Uh, Spencerville comes in at 11-4, 4-0 in the conference. And I tell you what, 
NWC riding on this game, I'm sure most of Northwest Ohio is going to be tuned into this. Yeah, not only that, uh, they both share the same district. So this is certainly a potential district rematch um, where the winner of this game could perhaps win the game that matters once you get in into the tournament. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the road squad. I think that Bluffton um, is the better squad. Obviously, Spencerville, you know, an opportunity. They took Delphi St. John's right down to the wire last weekend. Uh, but I, I just – I like Bluffton a little more. Um, I'm, you know, five points, but I'll take the Pirates. Taking the Pirates at home. Taking the Pirates at home. All right. Oh, I misspoke, didn't I? Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. So you're taking the Pirates. I've gotten the chance to see Spencerville, and obviously I, I've seen them a couple times. Haven't haven't seen Bluffton yet, but the way they're both playing, I think this is going to go down right to the wire. Uh, both coaches, again, want to thank them for joining us, but they're both fantastic in their own right. Um proven over the years, always had their teams ready to play. And I think that's why, you know, obviously they both sit at the top of the conference. Um, I can't bet against Spencerville just because I've seen them with my own eyes. Um, I think this is going to be a fantastic game, but I'm going to go with the Bearcats on the road. And I think it's a two point game. The Bearcats pull it out in a tight one. Yeah. I'll tell you if, if, you know, there was an opportunity for me to get to a game Friday night. I, I would almost load up the truck and go to this one. Just, I think it's going to be a, a good atmosphere. Um, you know, Bluffton's, Bluffton's gym's a little small, so you're going to get a lot of people in a small place. Um, you know, the the atmosphere, I'm sure, will be electric. The 50-50 will be worth getting into. Um, so, yeah, if you're if you're thinking about going to a ball game, this would be the game you want to go to. Absolutely. All right. That's all I got on the Friday games. Well, let's get into Saturday a little bit, and let's just talk about the GMC teams. But first, you know, um, I want to start with some some games that I think are worth noting. So Liberty Benton goes to Defiance on Saturday. I think that'll be fantastic. And then Bluffton, whether they win or lose Friday night, has to turn around and host Pandora Gilboa, who is also playing pretty well right now. So I think this is a tough weekend for the Pirates, nevertheless. Yeah, certainly. What's uh, PG was thirteen and two, I believe. Um, yep. But yeah, so that's uh, you're right. That's tough. I think that they certainly appreciate winning Friday night more than winning Saturday if they had to split. I would I would venture to say so. <laughs> I, would, I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, tough tough weekend for the Pirates and. So this is going to be interesting. Those are some of the non-league or uh, yeah, some of the non-league games on Saturday that we're kind of looking at. So uh, let's talk about all the GMC teams that are in action and we'll start with Antwerp. Um, they play host to Montpelier on Saturday. Uh, saw Montpelier, you know, last week, you know, play Paulding pretty tough for, you know, two and a half quarters before the Panthers finally pulled away. Um, I don't really see the archers having a problem in this one, but I tell you what, the loco is not a bad ball team. I mean, they got some size and length and it's not going to be easy for the archers, but I think at the end of the day, 
they play their game and they keep the momentum rolling from Friday night into Saturday, I think they get a sweep this weekend. Brett, size and strength are always great, but I, I just think that Antwerp's going to outclass them. I mean, you know, Montpelier hasn't beat anybody really good. Um, you know, seven and seven, that's a good record. Three and one in the league. But, you know, I, I think Antwerp running away. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> All right. Then the Ayersville Pilots, they will be home Saturday night. Pettysville Blackbirds come into town. And I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a big opinion on this game because I think Ayersville, you know, while they're, they're good and competitive, I think they've lost a couple tight ones, uh, a couple, you know, maybe some games they maybe shouldn't have and coach Retcher and coach Wolfram's eyes. So, um, you know, I don't, don't really know what to think here, Corbin, but uh, could be a good game. You know, Pettysville comes in nine and six, four and in the conference. So, I mean, we, we'll see. We'll see. This will be a good matchup in Ayersville uh, Saturday night. Yeah, should be a decent one. I'm going to take the visitors. I'll take uh, I'll take Pettysville. Um, you know, I just uh, Ayersville. I, I'm kind of curious to see how they respond after the loss. Uh, you know, last Friday uh, in the league game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, our our picks could change, our minds could change if Ayersville comes out and and plays. You know, well round a game on Friday. Then maybe you got me thinking a little bit, but uh, uh, sad to say, but I think the Pilots could drop both this weekend. Uh, moving on, Edgerton. I'm going to hit the road and go play the Hilltop Cadets. Uh, uh, as we said, Edgerton 4-11. and 11. Hilltop um, is 7-7 seven and seven on the season, 2-2 two and two in the conference. So um, I like the Edgerton Bulldogs on the road here, Corbin. Yeah, Edgerton's won two in a row. You know, obviously, the two big wins last week. Again, neither neither of us think that they'll beat Wayne Trace Friday night. Um, but don't let the you know the four four and eleven mark, or it would be four and twelve after Friday. Don't let that fool you. I think that they they get uh, they take care of Hilltop on the road. Yep. Fairview Apaches hit the road. They've traveled to Liberty Center. Uh, obviously, the Tigers playing a lot better. You know, since they've got rolling here out of the football mode a little bit, I think they're fi- finally starting to find some rhythm. Um, you know, knocking off Archbold there a couple weeks ago. Uh, their last three, they've beaten Swanton, Pettysville, Cardinal Stritch. They've got Brian Friday night. Uh, so I think the the Liberty Center Tigers could win both this weekend. I think they'd knock off Fairview. Oh, for sure. Fairview lost four of their last five. Liberty Center winners of six of their last seven. I'll take the Tigers comfortably. All right. Also on Saturday, Hicksville going to play host to the Crestview Knights uh, who come in to the red zone. The Crestview Knights come into the red zone 11-6, and 3-2 and two in the conference. Um, I think DW's going to have the boys ready to play, but he's got his hands full here, Corbin uh, Crestview. An athletic team, a strong team. Um, I don't know if they're going to have an answer for Ren Sheets inside, so I'm going to go with the Crestview Knights in this one. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think that uh, the first quarter may look a lot like what Hicksville Wayne Trace did, competitive. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you ain't got the horses, you ain't got the horses. And and DW in his first year, um, they've been competitive, but but I just can't see him pulling this one off. 
Yeah. With you there. The next one, the Ottaville Big Green. Travel to the jungle to take on the Paulding Panthers. Ottaville, 12 and 4. Um, I've got to see them earlier this year, Corbin. I think this is going to be a dandy of a ball game. You know, I've seen them look really good, and I've seen them at other times look not so swell. Uh, but the Big Green, you know, Coach Utendorf always does a great job with those guys. He's going to have them ready to play going into the jungle Saturday night. I think this is a close one. I think Paulding comes out on top in a close game. Yeah, I I, I don't uh, – I think it'll be a, a competitive game. I'm curious to see – what Paulding team shows up. If it's the Paulding team that plays like Oprah and turns the ball over, um, I mean, Ottoville runs away with it. But if it's the Paulding team that plays within themselves and can make baskets, I think Paulding has enough to beat them. And boy, would that not be a nice tournament booster and momentum booster going into, you know, back-to-back league games. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I'm going to take Ottoville um, just because they've been more consistent. But I, I think that it's a dandy of a ball game, as old Brian Shong used to say. Dandy of a ball game, old Shonger. All right, and then moving on, we've got the Archbold Blue Streaks heading to Tenora to take on the Rams. Uh, Archbold coming into this game, as we mentioned a little earlier, fifteen and one, uh, with that one loss to Liberty Center. Um, I think Tenora could keep this close and make it a good ball game. But at the end of the day, I think maybe this blue streaks pull away in the end by about 10 to 12 points. Yeah. Maybe it's something similar to Tenora and Wayne trace. I think that's where you're thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, ultimately, you know, Archibald class always rises to the top and, and Archibald just going to outclass them regardless of what happens on Friday night. All right. And then the last one here we've got on the slate, the Wayne Trace Raiders welcome in the Kaleida Wildcats. Kaleida uh, coming into this game 3-12. and 12. Um, Those three wins coming against Fort Jennings, Tenora, and Lipsick. Um, so I think this is a good game for the Raiders. Kaleida always going to play well. They're very well coached uh, by Ryan Sexualdy. Um, you know, I, they're going to come in. They're going to guard you. They're going to rebound. They're physical. So I think it's going to be a good game for Wayne Trace. But at the end, I think Wayne Trace gets the win. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was doing a little research. I've got the game with Dave Bowen on my sports uh, Saturday night. But, you know, doing a little bit of research with Kaleida, again, 3-12. and 12. But this is a Kaleida team that took Delta St. John's to overtime early in the year. They were competitive with, with an Archibald team that's only lost one game to this point. They dropped a game to Crestview by five. They dropped a game to LCC by four. Uh, I mean, so it's a team that's capable, uh, but will they have enough? I don't know. I think, I think it depends on what Wayne Trace does Friday. Um, you know, we both think Wayne Trace will have enough to get by Edgerton, um, but Kaleida is one of those teams, and I look at Kaleida a lot like. Miller City, who they're always going to be up to play. Sometimes they're not going to have the most talent, but they're going to play hard. You talked about being well coached. Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, I'm not going to pick a winner, but I, I expect it to be closer than what the records show. Who do you think? Your Kirk Herbst read or something? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, I, I mean, I don't know the rules of engagement. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. You're not picking a winner. Uh, 
but yeah, Corbin, that's about all I got. I mean, I know there's some other big games on on Saturday. Uh, just going through the docket here, so going to be going to be a good weekend of basketball, high school wise and college wise, uh, especially on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. And then obviously, don't forget about the uh, the girls tournament draw on Sunday. Absolutely, we'll get the girls tournament draw out, and we'll uh, we'll dive into that a little bit more next week, as we mentioned, but. Uh, Corbin, that's about all I have for tonight. You got any shout-outs this evening? Yeah, I've got a shout-out, uh, Brett. So, sitting in the schoolhouse the other day, um, you know, fella comes in right in the morning. He was looking for soil and water, but uh, he kind of he looked at me real funny, and I didn't recognize him. But he pointed at me, and he says, Corbin? And I said, yeah. And he says, oh, heck, I was just listening to you. And he ended up introducing himself, and it was Chris Lockup. So, Shout out to him for listening, and and you know I'm sure he recognized who I was. You know I've been around the school and I've I've coached Tanner in baseball, um, but it was just a quite a surprise um, for me, you know first, but then for him, he had just gotten out of his vehicle, you know listening to us, and then he walks <laughs> into the school, and there I am talking. <laughs> Shocker, you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool, and. And uh, so, so shout out to him, and and you know that that kind of made my day. Yeah, that's always great when we get feedback from listeners. I love it. I wish you know if we get more. I, I love when somebody says, "Hey, man, listen to the podcast the other day." Um, and yeah, it just it gets me going, it gets me fired up. I appreciate we, you know, you appreciate when you're appreciated. So I love it. Uh, similar shout out for me. So ran into Mark Shepard the other day, old pup as they call him. And he told me, you know, enjoys listening to the podcasts, and and he said you guys do a good job, and you're you're straight to the point. So, uh, want to thank Pup for that shout out. We appreciate that. So, um, that's all about all I got for the shout outs. Um, good luck to all the area teams this weekend. Well, hold on, I got one more thought. You know, obviously sure. we rambled, <laughs> we rambled a lot about the old. Uh, you know, the NFL and the, and the Pro Bowl or the Pro Games or whatever they call it nowadays. I, I, if any of you guys have any other thoughts on, uh, please share them because maybe oh, yeah. you guys, just, maybe your opinions will enlighten me enough to actually want to tune in. But other than a handful of events, I've got no interest. But if it's something that you guys enjoy, by all means, I, I'd like to know who enjoys it. <laughs> maybe we'll put a poll out there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do that. We'll have to do that. Uh, one other shout out I want to get to Corbin. That's a big announcement we've got. Um, and I, I don't know how deep we want to go into it yet because within the next week, this, this should be fired up, but uh, partnered up with um, a new sponsor and is going to be handling all of our merchandise. So um, we'll be able to order everything off one website. So it's called higher threads. Um, and so, you know, met with her, met with Sarah who, who runs the operation last week and, uh, be able to go to her website and we'll have a bunch of merchandise. We're going to get some different ideas on there. Um, pretty excited for the launch actually, and it should be coming within the next week. So yeah, shout out to higher threads. We're going to be partnering with them. And then we got some other sponsors that have stepped up to the plate and we appreciate them. Um, along with our usuals of, TNT Springer Landscaping, Solar Shine and Detailing, Sin Rock Engraving, Antoine Automotive, The Vaughn & Co, Tenor Rams Live, 
a couple more sponsors that we've added hybrid performance Garrett Stoller stepping up in a big way. Uh, he's a new sponsor of ours and then species barbershop. So, um, you know, we're, we're getting things put together for them. They will become an official sponsor, um, next week as we start a new episodes, but just giving shout outs. And if you want to become a sponsor, let me know. Um, we'll get you on here and we appreciate all the support from those people there. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon music. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and and share the post. You see the the X post we have out there, the tweet. I'm just going to keep calling it a tweet. It just sounds better. See the tweets and the Facebook posts. Keep sharing them. Keep blowing us up. But uh, quote tweet us. Huh? Quote tweet us. But give give us give us a question, a critique. Heck I mean, yeah. if you think I talk too much, just tell me to climb down off the soapbox. I won't. But at least I'll know that that somebody doesn't like it. Uh, You should be paying rent. You're up there so much. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's all I got, Corbin. Thanks again. Uh, We'll catch up with you over the weekend, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. All right. You have listened to another episode of Across the Field. Peace out, players. Peace out.